so some nerds have a podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And I'm Alex. And apparently it's an unwritten rule that if we're going to record on a Wednesday, it's going to be snowing in 2018. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so far, both of our recording sessions this year, it's been snowing outside. So mm-hmm. yeah, it does <laughs> seem to be the rule. Yep. So, um, how's it going, everybody? It's it's going. We've been spending a lot of time indoors because of the the aforementioned snow. So <laughs> we have been kind of consuming a lot of stuff. But good. good. Uh, I don't know what exactly what is we're going to be talking about this week. I, I know the the thing that we're going to close out the show with. The the big thing that we want to talk about. At least I want to talk about. Do do we want to talk about Girtherism up here at the top? Because that seems to be. I mean, you can talk about whatever the that the is. Gerther movement. Okay, we actually need to talk about a couple of things regarding <laughs> forty five, and just the world, the Twittersphere, the as twittosphere? one might say, the Twittersphere. Oh, okay. so, is that Twitter or Twits? Because it could be either. With that little little column A, little column B. Okay, so we mentioned the Girtherism. Can we table Girtherism and come back to it? Because what I would like to talk about that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet is the comedian who is putting up $300. Oh, yeah. Count them. 300 smackaroos. (laughs) If you can, if for a journalist to sincerely ask President Trump about America's relations with Wakanda. Yes, I I did hear about that. (laughs) Yes. So apparently the pot keeps growing bigger. um, And soon they're going to start a GoFundMe page. Like whenever somebody actually takes them up on this. Mm -hmm. um, Because other people have uh, added things such as, you know, what are Trump's opinions on the traitor Captain Steve Rogers? Uh, what are, how does, how does Trump feel knowing that Wakanda is harboring a known terrorist, uh, Buchanan Barnes, James James Buchanan Buchanan Barnes. Barnes. It just goes on (laughs) and on and on. And it's amazing and beautiful. And I think the prize money is up to like a thousand dollars for whatever bold journalist is willing to ask these really hard-hitting questions. I mean, the, the world deserves to know. I, th- I think Trump already regulates how many questions he gets and from whom anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So unless you get, like, someone from Fox who's willing to lose their job mm. or mm. someone from MSNBC who's not, you know, too stuck up their own yeah. butts to, to give you it a You get time. someone... What are, like, those alt-right... Breitbart? Um, Breitbart. Okay, so you get someone from, like, Breitbart to be a turncoat. And, yeah. like, those guys, That's come on. That's not going to happen. They're, no, no, no. I have a feeling that those neckbeards would turncoat yeah. for, like, $50 I, and, like, a blowjob. I mean, like, I'm just saying. I mean, Steve Bannon folded pretty quick. Let's Has he, some, though? He some has Taco a... Bell and, like, uh, you know. I mean... These are still Nazis we're dealing with. I'm not. GameStop. I'm not willing to to deal with Nazis for the sake of embarrassing some you know, the president in that case. But if we don't embarrass <laughs> but, him, but at what cost? Dealing with Nazis, <laughs> giving them money. I mean, who knows what kind of? We're not giving them money. Way. We're giving them gift certificates to GameStop and yeah. some Taco Bell. And okay, my, we're not. Nobody like I said fifty dollars. I mean, we could change that to a fifty dollars. Th- you said a thousand dollars. No, no, no. Like they don't get the thousand dollars. They don't get the nice shit. Like, like to get them. Real to journalists turncoat. get the nice shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get them to like turncoat. I don't know. And then like we. The, the money disappears. I don't know. Okay? <laughs> you get to punch them in the face later. I mean, they're yeah, Nazis. 
Good. Um, also, everybody at the table, maybe I shouldn't speak for everyone. I feel like we're very solidly pro punching Nazis. Yeah. Like, I feel like we can take a firm stance on this. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> Some nerds have a podcast pro, pro punching, punching Nazis. Nazis. Mm-hmm. Which is a thing that we are apparently still talking about. Um, and we'll be talking about for years to come. I know. Okay? There, no, there's a lot of mileage in I'm, that. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I wasn't talking about like, oh, that meme's flamed out. I'm just saying it's 2018. Oh, oh, <laughs> you're upset that like Nazism is Nazis still a, are still a, a thing okay. that we have to punch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm upset about. <laughs> Not... <laughs> Secondary uh, opinion stance. <laughs> We're very sad but, that we still yeah. have to punch Nazis. Yeah. Uh, Although counter- not even not even a hundred years. Counter counterpoint. It is entirely possible that if if there are good Nazis out there who are willing to pull plank- pranks on Nazi leaders, you might get uh, played in a hundred years by whatever the hundred year future equivalent of Tom Cruise is in a movie <laughs> or Liam Neeson. Mm. <laughs> Um, uh, Valkyrie out in theaters now. <laughs> out in theaters that, when? That's a lie. No, <laughs> what was that it movie like? Ever actually that was hit like theaters? Five years ago. Five years ago. No, it wasn't theaters. It was. It was, it was 2009. Okay. I remember I this. I went to it in theaters. <laughs> I remember this because I, uh, the Kaiser had stole our word for 20. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's a deep Simpsons reference. Was it that? Um, deep? shut up. I mean, I love you. So. <laughs> I know this because when I was in London, I was in London at the time. I was taking a course abroad and uh, January 2009 and um, just like every single like every single train station we went to, every single bus stop we were at, every fucking five feet in London, there were Valkyrie posters. Mm. And so we kept just being like. Like, man, it's like Tom Cruise and an eye patch punching Nazis. Like, this shit has got to be good. <laughs> it's got to be good. It wasn't. We, we created, like, a whole scene in our heads mm-hmm. of, like, you know, uh, of Tom Cruise's agent just coming to him and be like, okay, you are clearly, we're, we're down in the dumps. Nobody wants to wor- work with you. We need something big and flashy to reignite your career. All right. Blowing up Nazis. You're going to blow up some Nazis. Wearing an eye patch, yeah. and he's like, "Yes!" And then he jumped on a couch. I don't know, but anyway, um, so that's my Valkyrie story. It yeah. was terrible. I apologize. That's a, it's really a shame because that is like a fascinating story. But yeah. yeah, that movie was. I mean, I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, yeah. so I oh, feel I've like never I seen it. Oh, you haven't seen? Yeah, it? Yeah, I never saw it. <laughs> I, I barely remember it. It was just kind of like after seeing all those advertisements. For, but then, like once we got back to the states and we stopped seeing advertisements for it, it was like, oh, all right, that time that Tom Cruise wore an eye patch or something. <laughs> anyway, um, after that tangent, for this, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hot... So, what are you guys drinking? Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so so we so we talked about the Wakanda thing. Yeah. Um. Did you? Was there anything else that you wanted? No, to talk about just that? Wakanda. And now we can go back to Girtherism. Okay, so which let's brought us here. Let's talk about place. Girtherism. Girtherism is my new favorite thing. What is this? It's okay. the Girther movement. The Girther movement. So, uh, the 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 president's physician released his uh, his uh, yearly physical information today. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, according to which, Trump is six foot three and two hundred and thirty nine pounds. <laughs> okay. And so. And I'm a giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the the Girther movement is saying that he is not. 
actually 239 yeah. pounds and basically putting him up against pictures of athletes who are six foot three okay. and weigh two of roughly 230 pounds to show the difference. Okay. Um, it's pretty good. I do have to say though, the one thing that I, I'm kind of disappointed by is that like you could find guys that aren't athletes to show that Trump weighs way more than 239 pounds to because you know muscle is like denser than fat it weighs more that kind of thing so yeah obviously an athlete that weighs 250 pounds and is over six feet tall is going to be in better shape than you know the average person who weighs 250 pounds and has a mcdonald's addiction and, and, yeah and eats like two big macs a day and in whatever. bed in bed um <laughs> uh. but I like. I don't believe he's two hundred and thirty nine pounds. I like. I patently believe that that is false. That's a really, really minor thing to not believe. I out know of all the lies. I that know come out of the White but House. But the other thing that was that also came out about that the, the same time is that uh, he passed the some test. Oh, the mental. It was the yeah. Montreal Cognitive Assessment. Thank you. Um. So the Montreal Cognitive Assessment is made to assess people with Alzheimer's in decline. And he passed it with, quote unquote, flying colors. Here's the thing, though. Um, it's not a very nuanced test. Like, it is really, you got to be in the deep, deep throes of Alzheimer's to fail this. Because literally the test is things like, there are, there are three animals, and you have to point to the camel, and you have to say camel. Like, it's, you know, like, and Alzheimer's is a really big gradation of a lot of things that happen. It's a, it's a really terrible disease and I'm not trying to undermine that in any way. And I'm not trying to insult anyone that, you know, has had a loved one suffer from Alzheimer's or anything like that, but it doesn't measure the kind of like nuanced thinking that you would hope, you know, the person that's kind of in charge of America would have. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like the really upsetting thing for it. It's like it's supposed to measure Alzheimer's, but it's not it's not exactly the best test for early onset Alzheimer's, which actually at this point wouldn't even be early onset. It would just be he would be in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Which I think it's kind of obvious that he is. Yeah. His <laughs> brain his brain is entirely riddled with holes. He's yeah. a very stable genius. What are you talking about? <laughs> but he can still point to a picture and say it's a camel, so yeah. eh. But it's a picture of cigarettes. Yeah. It was also, it wasn't it wasn't administered. I'm sorry. I know I keep going no, on about go, this. Go ahead. But like it wasn't administered by a licensed psychologist. It was just administered by his doctor. And it's like it's also, you know, it, this it's a test that they use for Alzheimer's patients, but it's also a test that they use for like six year olds to measure like mental, you know, for things like intellectual disabilities. Anyway, it's just it's there are much better assessments out there that could be so done by a licensed psychologist and not like your, you know, general practitioner. And that's mm, things that upset me. So what I was going to say is that if they're <laughs> lying about his weight, they might also be lying about that. But I, I do believe that for a mentally disabled six year old, he, like Donald Trump is probably doing pretty well. He's doing great. He's doing great for himself. <laughs> um, but wasn't there that director... That is now offering a hundred thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, James Gunn, who directs the, uh, the Guardians, Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy, Galaxy movies, is also is uh, offering to pay a hundred thousand a hundred thousand dollars to Trump's favorite charity if he were to stand on a properly calibrated scale 
in for, on, for the public record. <laughs> and so, prove that he's 239 pounds. pounds. Yeah. But I don't think Trump has favorite charities. Yeah, he does the Trump Foundation. Oh. Wait, no, <laughs> does that still exist or did they, did they dissolve that? <laughs> but it turned out to be a huge scam. I can't remember. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking of Trump Stakes. Uh, or Trump, Trump University. University. Yeah, or it. Trump Champagne. Oh, sure. let's get it. I actually saw Trump Champagne uh, at the, uh, or Trump, tr- some sort of Trump wine when I was at the uh, liquor store the other day. Uh, it was top shelf, too. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> that shit's grown in Virginia. You can't uh, you can't convince me that it's top shelf. So one it's of out the, of reach of everybody. One mm-hmm. of the frustrating <laughs> things is, like, when you get engaged, you get so many Facebook ads for just, all sorts of fucking nonsense um but i am constantly getting bombarded with ads about how we should have our hold your nuptials at the beautiful trump winery <laughs> in scenic blue ridge virginia and i'm like uh i thought the facebook algorithms were better than that no yeah, honestly no mm. not not once you start throwing money at the wedding industrial yeah, complex yeah yeah mm. Although they they've been getting me pretty well, I've been getting <laughs> getting lots of ads for like wedding bands and like why you should have your wedding at a jewel or a, why you should have your wedding at a brewery and I was like oh yeah we're that gonna, works we're gonna take this discussion off podcast yeah yeah we'll talk about <laughs> um a little too personal yeah. <laughs> um so moving on from that let's. Well, so what have we been? What have we been doing the last few weeks? Well, Alex, I, I know what I've been doing, but I haven't been doing much else. So, <laughs> okay, okay. So, you, are we just are we just saving what you're doing for the end? Let's just do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you guys, I know, watched some movies. We've I been think? watching a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. We've been watching a lot of TV shows. We've been snowed in a lot, and we I've... have worked five days this month. Yeah. <laughs> five days and i've been sick on and off as well in addition to that so i've been spending quite a bit of quality time on the couch uh watching movies watching tv shows so what do you want to start with being one with the couch so today um we were planning on doing a movie marathon and sort of we We sort of got distracted we did too we did too um, the, and there was kind of a theme. I was surprised. There was a weird. It was a. It was a weird, um, bearded kind of terrible father figure theme going on. And road trips. And road trips and a lot of shots of the woods. Yes. In both movies. Okay. So the first movie we watched um, was from 2016. Um, Is it that old? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 2016, and it was um, called Captain Fantastic. Starring Viggo Mortensen of Lord of the Rings fame. You see his penis in the movie. Oh my god. That was a pretty great shot. Um and that's my review. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> no, you, the reason You see Aragorn's cock. <laughs> you waited like 15 long years for that <laughs> shot. Like all of him making out with Liv Tyler mm-hmm. and her gauzy lingerie. Yep. All of, you know, the shots of him macking on Miranda Otto and eating her terrible soup. (laughs) Like, not a euphemism. Um, And you finally, you finally get to see Viggo Mortensen's cock. Now, now, now Viggo, in this this scene, you're going to be washed up on the river. And I'm just going to zoom right in on your, on your junk there. I hope that's oh, a Pekka. Can we can we backpedal just a little <laughs> yeah. bit to talk about what let's, is this movie? Let's talk about what this movie is actually about. <laughs> Much like Trump is a very stable genius, um, <laughs> Nick and I are very sober and stable <laughs> all the time, always. Anyway, 
Um, okay, so what's this movie about? This movie is about a band of homeschooling survivalists who live somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. And um, they live off the land and they like hunt deer and they quote Noam Chomsky. Um, <laughs> and they're just, they're literally like every fucking homeschool family that I ever hung out with. Except, and I, <laughs> except they're not Christian. Except they're not Christian. And they make some pretty hilarious uh, statements about like how you can't make fun of anyone except for Christians. Oh yeah, you can make fun of Christians. It's, it's literally, okay, so homeschoolers basically break down into two camps. Mm. There is the uber Christian floral skirt wherein... <laughs> Or denim skirts. Or denim skirt. Okay. Skirts. Sometimes they're full length denim skirts. Full length denim denim skirt wearing, uh, Jesus loving, homeschoolers, and then they're just the awkwardest fuck. And this follows, and and there's like a Venn diagram. There's definitely like a middle a middle piece. I mean, but but there's also people that are awkward as fuck without having the Christian undertones or overtones or denim skirts. I mean, uh, I was homeschooled for a year. So I don't. Yeah. yeah and, and I'm and, awkward and, as fuck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you fit the Venn diagram. Right. So, oh, you, so yeah. let's let's yeah. actually let's actually talk a little bit about what this movie is about. So uh, so okay, okay. so the movie is about uh, Viggo you Mortensen. You also have a a, a self righteous smugness. Aww. Yeah. Because that's <laughs> also what you get with homeschooling. And these guys hit it yeah. on the mark. Okay. So okay. I will stop making fun of homeschooling. So Viggo Mortensen is is kind of the patriarch of this family, um, and. Like we see the beginning of the movie is the oldest son is is going through a rite of passage where he has to kill a deer with his bare hands. And that <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Okay. Like the the it's it's all the whole family is wearing like mud camouflage and they're hiding in bushes. And like we watch this deer walking by, and the oldest son leaps out at it with a knife and cuts its throat, and Viggo Mortensen is like, the boy is dead. He is in his place is a man, and he like takes some blood and like rubs it on his face. Um, what? So and like yeah, this movie we're fairly confident that this movie is actually just a docudrama about Viggo Mortensen's <laughs> actual family. At the very least, he brought his own wardrobe because there's a Jesse Jackson for president T-shirt um, that looks like it's been well worn. Uh, what was the other one that we saw that was like, oh, like oh yeah, the, the, there's a suit that he wears. That's his like wedding this suit is like bright, bright tomato red, orange yeah. or tomato red with a um, Hawaiian a red a matching red Hawaiian print uh, button down. Yeah. Um, so, so he's the patriarch of this family and like, we see kind of their routine, like they, they are like hunter gatherers, they grow their own food. Um, and then in the evenings they like all sit around a campfire and they read books. And so like they, you see like one is reading the brothers Karamazov, one is reading, um, a book about quantum physics, one is reading, uh, I'm trying to remember what some of the other ones were, but we see like the, the middle March, middle March is one of them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so he's like marking down where they are in the book and like, okay, well you're going to have a report due on it and such and such a day. Okay. So like, are they all live out here? It's like, well, you're, then you're asking, where's the mother? You find out that the mother is in a hospital. Um, and then the next day, uh, Vigo Mortensen goes into town. They make money, apparently selling some of the, like the, the goods that they carve. They like, hand make like birdhouses and things like that, mm. that they sell on the local town to kind of make money on the side. Um, and he makes a phone call and he finds out that his wife has died, that she's committed suicide. And that the reason why she was in the hospital is that she had had um, 
uh, I think they say she was bipolar. bipolar. Yeah. Bipolar after one of her, because they have like six kids after one of them was born. She developed bipolar. It was probably postpartum depression. Another like thing that happens is Vigo Mortensen is just very precise and scientific with like everything that he explains. And like, just it doesn't hold anything back from the children and just says it in a very like sterile clinical sort of way like anything that they ask so that's why we have so many details about what happened with the mother yeah and so we do find out um that the wife's family really dislikes Vigo Mortensen like the her parents really hate him and the father especially like blames him for her death and so they're like banning him from coming to the funeral um but the can they do that? The kids all demand that they go, and so they go, and it's this road trip where they're going across country, and so it's kind of culture shock of these six kids who really don't know anyone outside of their immediate family getting exposed to modern American society, and it's like, some of the things, it's like, oh yeah, they probably do this a little bit better, and then some of it's like, oh, that's a little bit extreme. Um, they're like raging anti-capitalists. Yeah. Um, the kid, the kid uh, has an argument with uh, with Vigo Mortensen. The oldest son has an argument with Vigo Mortensen at one point, where Vigo Mortensen calls him a Trotskyist, and he says only a Stalinist would call a Trotskyist <laughs> a Trotskyist. And anyway, I'm not a Trotskyite anymore. I'm a Maoist. <laughs> What are the kids like? What are, they'll, they'll this was like, a, oh sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this was after the, I forgot that the, the scene where that happened in is like he sees like some of the first girls his own age that he's ever seen who are not immediately related to him, mm. and so he's like he's completely nervous. And then when they leave, he's like, "What would I should I have talked to them about? Uh, should I talk to them about Marxism or you know uh, material dialectism?" And he's like. <laughs> Well, it's like, probably don't start with Marx if you're talking to girls. <laughs> that's all I know. And that's like one of the main conflicts in the story is like, that's, he feels like he doesn't know anything mm. by this point in his life, the oldest son, because, you know, all he's learned is through books and not through interacting with other human beings. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, because, oh, go ahead. Oh, so you find out at one point that like the five-year-old um, is probably a sociopath. <laughs> she She's like hunting animals and has like a crazy um shrine to pull pot in her um in her little like tree, tree house. house thing but it, it's great because like Vigo mortensen like climbs up climbs up it looks around and goes oh fuck <laughs> like, well at least you have the proper response to that um so you know eventually they go the they go to the funeral they get into it with what we presume is his brother, who we presume is his brother and his kids who have like typical American household. Um, they celebrate Noam Chomsky day in lieu of Christmas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They bring a weird out a, fucking family. They bring out a big picture of Noam Chomsky. Uh, they steal a whole bunch of food from a grocery store. I'm trying to like, there's just lots of little things that happen in it. It's very episodic. It's yeah. very like, um, ovidian in story structure like it's it's a, a series of revelations as opposed to like having a major climax there um, is though there is the the one i would say that the, the very end we do get the resolution to the whole story arc the the main story arc about like them dealing with the mother's death and and you know the parents her parents want them to have want her to have like a traditional christian funeral and she made it very clear in her will that that's not what she wanted. And so they kind of go back and forth and he realizes, you know, how dangerous 
it is to be raising six children out in the middle of nowhere and without any real medical attention. Yeah, and, one of them uh, might start worshiping Pol Pot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you know, but at the end, it's like they're in this kind of like happy, they find like a happy medium between the crazy survivalist homeschoolingness and then the ultra capitalism of uh, their mother's parents um, who have like this gigantic house in a you know gated community on a golf course etc cetera, etc cetera. so apparently like she was also a lawyer at one point and her family is stupidly rich which also explains why they can buy like farms and woods and they buy like large patches of land at various points um so they kind of the 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 screenplay does a really great job of like Every time you have, like, a question, like, well, what do they do about this? It's like you almost immediately get it answered. Um, or you get it answered eventually. Yeah. It's so it's a very satisfying script in that way. I don't know. It was nice. It was fun. It was a good, yeah. like, thing to see. The kids were all really good actors. That, that was, was nice look. and surprising. Yeah. And, and they were all, like, very believable as their characters. Yeah. Um, even though, like, the really little kids... Um, you know, sounded really smart, and it was like, oh, it sounded like they were, they actually did understand a lot of things that were going on. Something that I appreciate, and this sounds really kind of dumb, but I kind of appreciate that the sociopath was a girl. Yeah. Um, that made me really happy, because usually those roles are, like, relegated to, to men, and, it, you know, equality. Yeah. Having some women sociopaths, <laughs> it's important. Um. So that one, that one, it was... It was fun. It was kind of light. It was sort of a coming of age story for the for the oldest son, especially. But yeah. like all of the characters kind of have an arc. Uh, the girl, the the daughters that weren't the sociopaths, I feel like could have had more screen, screen time, time. Yeah, because they were more kind of, of an arc. Yeah, they um, were kind of identical characters in some ways. Yeah, mm. and they were sort of filler. And then there was like one kid that doesn't have any lines. That's just there to be like. Yeah, by the way, they had, like, a lot of fucking children. Yeah. Um, the crazy thing is, is that Viggo Mortensen actually got nominated for an Oscar. Oh, really? For that role. Did he really? I forgot he about really, that. That's actually how I remember that it came out in 2016, because mm. he got nominated for it in 2017. See, I was thinking that we were catching up on movies that we had missed from last year, no. but apparently that's not the case. What yeah. which was this movie called again? So it was called Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. Um, right. And don't ask me how or why that title came about. At one point, like, he has a couple of, like, fever dreams of, like, his wife and um in it she calls him captain fantastic and like he oh, built this beautiful that. paradise for us i heard him i heard her call him yeah. uh, grizzly bear a couple yeah. of times mm-hmm. and then like at the funeral they so they 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 have a separate memorial spoiler service. alert I, there's not really know. again there's not really like a plot to this i suppose like there's not really it's not really a spoilable movie like um, even if you know everything that happens it's like it, it's definitely it worth watching if you're into like kind of off kilter screwball kind of comedy. I mean, it's not really, it's not really a comedy. Yeah, I, it's really not. Like, it's kind of not even a dark comedy. Uh, it's, it's billed as a comedy, I think, because yeah. people don't know exactly where it, to place it. I'd say it. It does have like comedic elements, I suppose. Like, there are parts of it that are meant to be funny. It's really more of like a family drama, I think, than anything else. Okay. But it's just so off the wall as far as like what yeah as in terms of like the kind of family yeah. you're seeing like it's not a typical middle american family it's you know a bunch yeah. of crazy anti-capitalist like sort of like preppers sort Just, of thing it definitely the got thing that you don't normally yeah. think yeah 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 because yeah. it definitely got marketed as like as an a indie yeah, comedy. quirky comedy yeah it's on amazon prime if you want to watch it legally okay. 
Um, oh, cool. So we watched. So, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just this whole time you're talking about the the family and the homeschool and whatnot, and I, I just keep thinking back to the really horrible thing that was in the news the other couple days. Oh my god! Down in Florida. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was just reading about that actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where where what was it like nine kids? Yeah. Yeah. Kept in this suburban. Florida apparently house. some of them uh, sorry so there, yeah there was nine kids they were kept in this suburban florida house um apparently not all of them were children like some of them were young adults but they were so malnourished the, that upon first oh my god yeah, yeah like like the 17 year old girl that escaped and went to the police looked like she was 10 yeah Holy shit. yeah so like that that's that's kind of the level of malnourishment and and yeah. neglect that had been going on there so anyway, yeah. that mm. that dark note. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's just uh, uh, you were talking about homeschooling, yeah, and kind yeah, of yeah. reclusive. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. And th- there is actually a scene. W- one of the scenes that was is a bit more comedic. It, they get pulled over at one point because the bus they're all <laughs> driving around in has a, a tail light that's missing, and so the the police officer is like starting to become suspicious. Like, oh, all these kids out on a school day. You know what's going on here, and then. Uh, the oldest son says that they're homeschooled, and to prove that they're homeschooled, they are. They all start singing a hymn together, <laughs> to and kind like of... dancing around this police officer, and he's like, and like quoting the, the Bible yeah. at him, <laughs> and he just kind of gets weirded out and leaves. <laughs> Which is the, the only proper response. I'm sorry, I say this. A lot of my my closest friends were homeschooled. Um, yeah, it totally makes it better that I make fun of them. <laughs> my roommate in college. Uh, my ex boyfriend in college. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I know a lot of homeschoolers. It's weird. It's very strange. So yeah, that was that was one of the movies that we watched today. The other one that we watched was uh, Logan. We finally got around to watching that. So <laughs> oh, we're like okay. last people on the planet to see that movie. I, kind of like how we were the last people to watch the Last Jedi and the last yeah. people to see Guardians of the Galaxy I, Volume Two. I mean, I haven't seen Logan, so. Um, Do you mind I, if we spoil it? No, I, I, I've, I've already been spoiled on it. I already yeah. know what's going. Yeah, it's been out for almost a year at this point. Yeah. yeah. And I, again, that's what I was thinking that we were, oh yeah, well, we're catching up on movies for, that we missed last year, but apparently I was wrong about that. I really wanted to see Captain Fantastic. Yeah. I really wanted to see it too. I remember that. And there yeah. was another one that I was seeing. We're probably going to watch more as we continue uh, to get snowed in. The Big Sick is Big with Sick. Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah. I'm really excited Nan- to watch Nanjiani. that. Nanjiani. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kumail. Um, who's Kumail? Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a reference to Harmontown, which is a much better co- podcast than this oh, one. Is it? I feel like Why it's aren't a... you listening to Harmontown? <laughs> I feel like we're kind of on yourself. the same level of Harmontown. The only difference is we don't have a live studio audience. <laughs> we're, to play sli- all... we're slightly more sober than we're, Dan we're Harmon. Slightly mo- we're, I would say we're considerably more sober than Dan ha- Harmon from <laughs> moment to moment. Only because he's so alcoholic. Um, I mean, no and, offense, Dan Harmon. Yeah, well, he knows. Um, and we don't have uh, an audience to play off of and we have nothing to talk about we, we have cats we have cats, we have cats but cats. yeah they're not terribly talking no no he ran away <laughs> even our cats don't want to listen to us <laughs> they're not as talkative as elvis from my favorite murder so yeah. uh right, so, all better podcast why are you why are you listening to this so logan so logan so logan uh logan like it was another it was really solid like another movie about a terrible bearded father figure and going on a road trip with his family, kind of. Only this time it's his uh, stand-in grandfather and his daughter that was made without his consent or knowledge. Yeah. Uh, using his DNA and injecting it into a probably underage Mexican girl. Yep. 
because that's depressing as fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, the movie was real depressing. I kind of knew that going into it, but yeah. it was still kind of like. So they give I will one of the, it's it's weird for me to say this, but one of my favorite things about Logan was this really depressing cell phone cell phone video um, that you watch about the. Um, about how the children got made and they got made in this like corporate pharmaceutical company that had its uh, head location in Mexico City so they could like circumvent a bunch of laws and like no one really apparently cared what they were doing because they were building themselves as a pediatric cancer research center. Um, But they were basically trying to raise the next generation of X-Men. And so they were using DNA from various X-Men and then um, injecting it into these underage Mexican girls. They don't and ever then, say like, they're underage, but it's heavily implied. It's heavily implied. And then um, and then they, like, raise them in this very, like, clinical, sterile environment um, to be crazy super soldiers. Um, and you, you learn all of this, which is a really complex thing that I think a lot of other films could have really gotten bogged down in um exposition and like how do we give all this exposition and they do it in a very let's, clean like let's four have james minute, earl jones tell us right at the beginning right. with a five minute scroll or we're gonna use like a like a quote and shitty graffiti thank you bright but oh god yeah <laughs> it's a four minute cell phone video that you watch and it's this woman who rescued one of the kids um because they start they start killing all the children once they realize that, like... Their program's a their, failure. Their program's a failure. Um, so they try building super soldiers from scratch because um, they realize you can't raise a human without a conscience. And so um, so the nurses decide they're going to save as many children as they can. One of them gets separated from everybody else with um, the girl that is, surprise, surprise, uh, made with Wolverine's DNA. Spoiler alert. It's not really a spoiler. Really a spoiler. I, I figured that out who she was just from watching the trailer yeah. of it. It's it's pretty obvious. Um, but but it was it was just a very clean, concise way mm-hmm. of distilling a bunch of really important information um, in a way that was interesting to watch. And so even though it was super depressing, ugly subject matter, I really appreciated how they went about distilling this information to the audience to me what was really a kind of a standout thing about this movie and this is something that pretty much everyone i think has talked about in their reviews of it um for this movie that is now nearly a year old um but i'm really i feel like this is the way to go forward with superhero films is it's not really a superhero movie really it's a western and that idea is hammered in pretty heavily by like Professor Xavier, I think he's watching Shane on TV, yeah. and he's like he's talking to um to to the little girl um what's Laura. Her? Laura, thank you. I was gonna call her X twenty three, but yeah, Laura. He's talking to Laura, and he's like, "Now, Laura, this is a very important film. I watched this film when I was your age. It has a very important message." And it's like, "All right, we get it, filmmakers. You're doing a person of Shane. We get it." <laughs> um. But you no, know, and but I do think that that's kind of a good way of going about it because, like, we've also in the last few weeks we watched Captain America. Yeah, the like we Winter watched the, we, no Civil War. Civil War because we're also the last people on earth we'll to, watch to watch that. that. Yeah, well, I mean, I um, I could 
I could care less about yeah, a lot no. of the Marvel movies at this point. Honestly. I purely wanted to watch it for Spider Man's um, entrance. Yeah. He, so uh, that yeah, we watched like two and a half hour long movie for about fifteen minutes. 15 minutes of screen of time. <laughs> but those fifteen minutes were really good. Oh my god, it was the best fifteen minutes of the movie. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I feel like, but I feel like that's the way to do it. Is you just you don't make the same movie, which is what's kind of bogging people down, I think, at this point. Like, when people talk about superhero fatigue, that's really what they're talking about. They're not getting tired of superheroes as characters. They're getting tired of the superhero movie as it is being presented, where it's like, oh, we've got to stop these 10,000 9-11s from happening every time. Yeah. When you could tell other stories with those characters. And that's what makes Logan it, so good. it's such an interesting story. Yeah, it's not, because it's it's a character piece. And it's, uh, it's a Western. And it's like a very personal kind of drama it's like well what are the stakes if these characters if they lose and like on a global scale it's very low stakes you know but like since we care about the characters that they're happening to it's like oh this is everything like this is everything that matters and the fact that spoiler alert you know again for a movie that everyone on the planet has seen except for us wolverine dies at the end but it's like he doesn't die stopping Magneto from bringing an end to humanity. He dies helping, like, maybe a dozen kids get across the border into Canada. Like... <laughs> where they have political asylum. Where they have political asylum set up, which I thought was a pretty nice touch. So I was actually kind of disappointed that the movie didn't end with them getting across the border and a whole bunch of Mounties being there. Kind of like, oh, this... Primate pharmaceutical armies trying to kidnap these children, eh? And then, like, the, the Mounties just become the hero at the end, and, like, Wolverine helps them. <laughs> the cavalry comes to save the day. Yeah, yeah. It's a Western, you know? It, it would have been really appropriate. Um, but they... All throughout the movie, we kept making jokes about, like, so are they going to get to Canada, and they just get over the border, and this crazy pharmaceutical army is, like, the, the you know, is just going to come, and there's going to be a line of Mounties, and the Mounties are going to be, like, uh-uh, yeah. these children have political asylum. I, and <laughs> Don't come over here, don't you know? That was actually, we're going to have to shoot ya. That was actually one of the things that I really did appreciate about the movie yeah. is that it's it's set in the near future, I think. 2029. 20, 20, 2029. Because they actually say it in the... Yeah, they say it at the very beginning. Um, and another kind of nice little light bit of of exposition where it's kind of like how I was recently just like, Oh, it's 2018. Someone in kind of in a similar context was it's 2029. Why do we, it's 2029. Why are we still talking about mutants? There haven't been, a, there hasn't been one of those in 24 years. Oh. So we kind of get, we get a sense of like what timeline this is and like how everything has kind of gotten to this point. But it's like also a very kind it's like very light dystopia. Like you see there's little touches in it that lets us know that like, America has also kind of gone to shit. Like, they're doing all these really shady, like, illegal things down in Mexico. So, light dystopia as in today? Well, yeah. as in, like, <laughs> as in, like, today stepped up another 10 years. Right. Like, it's it's a really kind of, like... Um, President Trump is, uh, gets 10 years somehow. There's a part in the movie... And stated as dictator for life. There's a part in the movie, um, where they, they stay at this, at this house with this farmer family. Um, and like after they, they have this really nice meal and it's like, oh, it's this really nice, like happy family thing. And then we find out that 
um, their next door neighbors or this huge corporate farm that has access to their water basically and like shuts it off in the middle of everything that's going on. And so like there's this action scene where Logan and the dad like go out to where the water pump is to like turn their water back on and they go out armed and like <laughs> the corporate security shows up and Logan has to fight them. Like, so that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like, so these very like little light touches of science fiction and dystopia kind of throughout to like give us the, a sense of setting, which it also like really helps, but it's like, yeah. it doesn't get bogged down in that. Like the it's, sense of it is like the base yeah. of the story is just like, a relationship between a father and child. And yeah. that's like the 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 kernel of it. That sounds nice. Yeah, no, it was really it was, good. It's definitely once again it's like it's absolutely worth a watch. It's right now it's on HBO Go. Okay. Um So, yeah, we watched that. Um I also watched um Mindhunter, which I liked a lot. I binged that in like a couple of days. Uh it is a the real life story of um of basically the, the FBI um, criminal profiling unit, like uh, how behavioral sciences kind of got involved in in uh, crime in like police work mm. on, a, on a federal level. Mm -hmm. um, it's really really good. Uh, it's it's a TV series. Uh, I think it's a Netflix original. Uh, every episode is directed by David Fincher, so it's like it's got that very kind of very good stylistic uh camera work that david fincher is known for uh it's a very good subject matter for him because david fincher almost always deals with like obsessives okay in his movies you know be it uh um the the detectives in seven or like uh uh, the the narrator or the uh, the protagonist the narrator of fight club or uh uh social network you know all, all of those movies like he kind of deals with people who have like very kind of obsessive personalities and get focused in on things and so the main guy that the show is about is like gets very much lost in his work and kind of lets it affect his personal life and affect his own psychology um and this first season is kind of basically about how they kind of get this whole thing started um and how they first start like piecing these things together and how they start interviewing people who are in prison for multiple murders. Um, like this is before this, the term serial killer was even invented. Like mm. they kind of invent it as the first season goes along yeah. gotcha. before it's like, they're called sequence killers. Um, and so they interview, there's some, there's some actors who play real life serial killers whose stories I'm familiar with. And so it's very interesting to see the actors kind of bring those characters to life. They all do a really good job of it. If um, you're a My Favorite Murder ma fan, mm -hmm. they end up uh, pretty much referencing, referencing a lot of the the stories that they tell in My Favorite Murder. Yeah. Um, including, like, uh, the co-ed killer. Um, I can't remember what... Uh, I think they talked to... Um, gosh, now I'm blanking on everyone's name. Um, and kind of, like, throughout the, the series, there's also keep showing an ADT security worker like the the you know the ADT's like security alarm systems mm -hmm. there is a serial killer who worked for that company mm. and basically he picked his victims by the houses he would install security systems in because he would know how to go through the security system mm. um 
and this is basically like taking place at the same time that he is starting to escalate and so it will like randomly cut to him mm. like at the beginnings of episodes okay. and like show like where he is in his escalation at that point in time gotcha, gotcha. and then like the kind of the last thing you see in the last episode is him like walking down the street mm. and it's like oh, okay so that's gonna probably be the next season um but yeah, there's a lot of stuff dealing with like the psychology of the killers and also the psychology of the people who are like tracking them down because they're not terribly stable people either. Like one of them <laughs> is kind of a washed up older guy and one is like, a, as I said, like a kind of an obsessive, like he gets on this idea of like, we need to be doing more. We need to be like figuring out how these people think so we can stop this kind of stuff from happening. Um, and he gets into a lot of trouble, like his work, he, he ends up going to like a school at one point to like talk to children. <laughs> and then he's like, the principal is like sh exhibiting some kind of strange, like obsessive behavior and he's starting to escalate in it. And he's like, well, we're not saying he's a pedophile, but like he's doing some kind of weird stuff with kids and kind of inappropriate. And so he like talks to the school board and like, gets him fired and so like <laughs> that kind of becomes a thing like the wife like barges into this guy's apartment building oh goodness um yeah. but it's a really interesting story i it's been a while since i've watched a crime drama that was that good probably since like true detective season one um and i like those kinds of stories and it's again it's really well directed incredibly well acted um i'm trying to remember like every there's not really any big name people in it, but again, it's directed by a big name person. And uh, Charlize Theron is, is one of the producers, like is, is credited as an executive producer on the show. So I don't know if what, if any like creative input she had on it, but she, she's also been in some good true crime serial killer movies in the past. So, okay. No, so, no. Oh. Sounds like, sounds like so you watched a lot of good movies. The mm -hmm. The mind, mind, mind hunter, mind, mind hunter. hunter on Netflix. Yes. All right. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Oh, I also played video games. Yeah. Um, I played uh the game that you got me for Christmas, Alex. I played through uh, Chronicle of Vinsmith. Oh yeah. How was that? It, um, it was fine. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, the I liked how it basically did the entire like shadow over in smith's story it's one of my favorite uh hp lovecraft stories it does get used a lot in video games because it is mm -hmm. kind of a simple one to do through an adventure lens um i don't know what i think about them trying to like kind of put in that lucas arts style comedy <laughs> in that universe like i think it did they did it pretty well mm. but it was like I kind of would have liked it if they had played it a little bit more straight. Because yeah. I feel like Shadow Over Innsmouth is one of the scarier um, H.P. Lovecraft stories. It is, but like you say, other video games have done it. Yeah. So they wanted to put their own twist on That's it. That's true. Yeah. And I, I can see that. And I mm -hmm. feel like it, like where it needs to be creepy, it, it gets very good. Okay. Um, the, some of the puzzles were overly complicated. <laughs> Um, but that's LucasArts. Yeah. <laughs> there was no rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle, kind of like confusing kind of details. Like everything sort of made sense. Mm. Did you have to look it up at one point? Um, there were a few parts. Okay. I, I had to look up how to find the, um, the place where the, you, you played through the entire thing. I haven't right? finished it. No. Okay. Um, so I don't want to spoil too much. I did have to look through 
Have you gotten to uh, where the uh, bootleggers are are coming in? No, I actually haven't gotten very far, unfortunately. Okay. It, it's it's a game that I need to be in the mood to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty short. Like I played through it in just a couple of days, okay. honestly. Honestly, the what did I get up to? Um, the the librarian is yelling at the assistant. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And I, I wasn't able to figure out where to go from there. And um, so I just you kinda... need to take um while he's yelling, you need to take something from the librarian. Okay. I think. Oh no no, you need to take the book out. The okay. book that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to take it out while he's yelling. Okay. All right. So because he's too distracted to, uh, to, would... to yell at you if you try to go through the door. I'll try to figure that out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was one, but yeah, there was a there's a part where you have to find. Um, they they're talking about like bootleggers coming into Innsmouth. You have to find where their secret drop off point is mm. to find booze to give to Zadok Allen. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of a hassle. Um, I'm not going to say exactly what you need to do to do it, but I'll, if, I'll figure it, it out eventually. I, I'll look it up. I thought I had figured it out, and I had. But the problem was, I think that I wasn't doing it at the right part in the game. Like, I think there was like a weird thing that I had to do first before mm. they would let me even get that cutscene. I think is what ended up happening. Okay. It was very strange because I was doing it. It just wasn't. It wasn't telling me the information that I needed to get. Okay. Um, so yeah, I played through that. That was fun. Uh, I've just been playing a little bit more of Divinity. I'm still don't want to talk too much about it. Cause I, I feel like I haven't even gotten to like the main plot line yet. I don't know what the main <laughs> story is yet. I'm about four hours in mm. <laughs> and I haven't really like figured that part out yet, but I haven't had a chance to play terribly much of it recently. Okay. Um, and I played a little bit of a new game that's coming out on the switch it's coming out at the end of March, but the the playable demo is on there now. Is this a new game? It's a new game. Okay. It's called Octopath Traveler. Mm. It is a new Square Enix game. It, it is a turn-based JRPG with, uh, with sprite art. <laughs> um, not my cup of tea, but yeah, some people like I, that. I really like them, and it's been a while since i played a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, is a, from what I've played of it, is a really good one. Basically... The reason it's called, it has a terrible name. I, I heard the name in Japanese on another podcast, and I can't remember what it was. Um, but it's way better <laughs> than Octopath Traveler, which is a terrible name. Mm. But it's called Octopath Traveler because you have eight main characters that you can play as. And you get to decide basically who you want to play as when. Um so the demo only has two of the eight characters. You have the warrior class character and the dancer class character. Um, and I've play, been playing a bit as the warrior. Uh, and basically, he's an old... It's a pretty standard, like, almost like a kind of final... Like, since Old school Final Fantasy sort mm-hmm. of storyline. Um, the warrior was there at this terrible battle, or he was this you know great feared knight fighting this invading army. Um, and then at a pivotal moment in the battle, this other knight... Um, turned on his side and killed their king, and the the main character, the character that you play as, didn't do, couldn't do anything to stop it. It was too late, and he trusted this guy, and so he kind of fakes his death, goes into hiding, and basically, when you start off his story, he's play, he he's pretending to be this other person, um, guarding this small village, like working for the town guard for this little teeny village. 
bandits attack and you go through and you find out that the bandit was a mercenary fighting with that traitor soldier. And so he gives you information for where to find this guy. And that's kind of where the demo ends for that character. You can still continue to play and just kind of go through the battle system. I enjoy the battle system a lot because it's very, it's very different for a JRPG. Like it, 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 it kind of works in a lot of the same way as like an old kind of classic final fantasy in some ways, but there are like little tweaks to it that, if I use the term like stun lock, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. So you you hit a character and they get stunned and they can't attack and you hit them again. Yes. And you, yeah. That's pretty standard thing for like character action games or like a Dark Souls game. You would use stun locking in some cases. Um. So you can do that in this game if you like give the right commands. Basically, every every enemy is weak to a particular weapon type. Okay. And at least the the warrior, um, I haven't played as the other character yet, um, but the warrior is proficient with two different weapons. And so you can switch between weapons in the battle to use the one that each monster is weak to. And it's like a free action to change weapons. And so it's like, okay, well, if it's weak, it reduces its armor number. And if you break their armor, then they're stunned for a round. And so if you time everything right, you can basically stun lock everything in the battle and just kind of go around and do damage to everything before they can break out of their stun. Okay. So like I was, by the time I figured that out, I was going through like, it's a little bit more difficult to do in the boss fights because the bosses typically have like, you know, larger numbers of, of, uh, of armor. So it takes multiple rounds to get them to stun. But like with the basic ones, I was essentially getting attacked once and then stun locking the enemies after that their first opening attack and just killing everyone without taking any damage. Okay. So it's like, it's way more strategic and like way more kind of thought intensive. It'll be interesting to see like when you have all eight characters, like, all right, well this character has to attack with this weapon first and then I can follow up with this character attacking with this weapon to take out that guy, but then he's still going to be able to attack me. So like that kind of thing. Um, so for people who are interested in like tactical RPGs, I recommend checking it out. Again, it's not the full game isn't going to come out until March thirty first. I think is the release date. All um, right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. March thirty first. March thirty first. Traveler, check it out. All right. If you have a Switch, if you haven't bought a Switch yet, it, there it it is becoming more and more necessary. If you are a, a console gamer at all, like I feel like at this point, it is definitely worth the purchase price. Yeah, because a couple a couple of podcasts ago, you were a little bit hesitant to say stuff like that because there wasn't too much out. I, yet. I mean, what I was saying, I, I think what I said the other t- the last time when we talked about it was that it is even if the only thing that was on it is Breath of the Wild, it would still be worth it. Okay, yeah. but like now with Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Splatoon Two, Arms, and uh, now Dark Souls Remastered coming out. End of November, uh, end of May. And you thought we would avoid any Dark Souls nope. reference. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of Dark Souls news this past week. So, and by that I mean the remastered was announced, and they are coming out with a um, a box set for all the major systems, with a whole lot of yeah. 
I would like to get that. It is $450 is what I've heard, so I will probably not be getting it. Okay. No. If I no. had that kind of money. Maybe, maybe we would. get a new mixer. Maybe we get a new mixer instead. <laughs> maybe we get more microphones so we can have more people on the podcast. That'd be fun. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. We certainly don't have any major life events that we have to save um, up for. So. I mean, it's just $400. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all three games. There's these nice little, like, bookends you can put. Like, I think it comes with the, uh, I'm pretty sure it comes with, like, art books, which, you know, I've been wanting those art books. Comes with the soundtracks. So, you know, worth the investment. Elise, like. Elise has got a look <laughs> for the podcast listeners. Well, we'll continue this this discussion <laughs> off, off cast. Uh, off cast. I am okay. getting, I am getting that, um, I am getting the Switch version, though, because I've been wanting a Souls-like for the Switch ever since I got it, because it. That's a system that basically begs to have something that you can sit and grind through something on the couch while you're doing other things. Okay. And Dark Souls is a game that's well-suited for that kind of play. Um, I wouldn't have thought so, but okay. I mean, okay, it, it depends on what you're doing in it, but Dark Souls, I'll put it like this. The first few, well, like the, the second or third play and third playthroughs that I did of the original Dark Souls, I did while uh, listening to podcasts. Okay. So, yeah. Right. Anyway. Well. Shall we get on to our our main topic of discussion now that we've sort of yeah. gone through everything else? Now that we've gone almost an hour. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about our main topic of discussion. I don't, I, I mean, I don't feel like, unlike the main topics of discussion for the last podcast, <laughs> I don't know how much we'll be able to dig into this one. Uh, I could probably talk. You can? Life. Okay. All right. But, okay. Well, let's, let's go. Let's go for it then. All right. So. What have I been doing all this time? Well, you've been watching movies hey, and playing video <laughs> games and all kinds of stuff. I've been experiencing something <laughs> that you've been experiencing. You've been experiencing too. it as well, yeah. but apparently not to the extent that you have been. No. I'm a little worried about Alex. I'm uh, going to be honest. We were talking about obsessive personalities earlier. Yep. All right. Oh, so, <laughs> so the I'm game. I'm like hand flapping because I'm so upset right now. So, I'm just going to crawl up inside you. So, all right. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Shut all right. Up. So, so let's do a spoiler free introduction first. Okay. Yeah. About this game that I've been playing slash we've been watching, which is called Doki Doki Literature Club. It's a cute little uh, dating simulator. Novel. Yeah. yeah dating novel about these cute there's, girls. There's yeah. these adorable so, high school girls. So I they want. all want to be with you. They I want, all want to be. I want okay. you to read this. This is the okay. description of the game from steam go okay. ahead and read it word for should word. i should i do should i do a voice for this no don't or? don't do a voice if you don't need to okay. all right so go ahead and read this is the official description for the game oh, wait, 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 wait. Can I read it? yeah let's yeah. have Elise okay. read, okay, read it all right it needs a woman's touch yeah, it does. all right okay hi monica here welcome to the literature club it's always been a dream of mine to make something special out of the things i love now that you're a club member you can help me make that dream come true in this cute game Every day is full of chit-chat and fun activities with all of my adorable and unique club members. Sayori, the youthful bundle of sunshine who values happiness the most. Natsuki, the deceivingly cute girl who packs an assertive punch. Yuri, the timid and mysterious one who finds comfort in the world of books. And of course, Monica, the leader of the club. That's me. I'm super excited for you to make friends with everyone and help the Literature Club become a more intimate place for all of my members. But I can tell already that you're a sweetheart. 
Will you promise to spend the most time with me? This game is not suitable for children or those who are easily disturbed. So, as you can see, it's a fun, cute little game yeah. about dating these girls in you know, a literature club. It's, it's like uh, that Normal Boots dating sim that came out a few years ago. Oh, yeah, Asagawa Academy. Asagawa Academy. Yeah. Or like da uh, Dream Daddy. Yeah. And, yeah, and speaking I, of both Hatoful Boyfriends. Uh, Hatoful <laughs> Boyfriends a little bit odd. But uh, so, so, speaking of both uh, Dream, you know, what is it, what is it, Dream Daddy? Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy and Asagawa. So, um... Game Grumps. Yep. Who they wrote, made uh, Dream Daddy? They they help produce help it. Help produce I think. it. They are also are doing a let's play of Doki Doki, Doki Literature Doki Club. Club. Yep. And it'll probably be finished tomorrow when you guys are able to listen to this podcast. So you all can go watch that in its entirety. Also, Pro Jared, one of the members of Normal Boots, also did a let's play. And you can check that out too. So, in its entirety. In its that entirety. One's been out. Yeah. yeah, that one's completed. Alright, so that is the spoiler-free game. Uh, and now we're going to talk about spoilers. So if you sound interested in this yeah. game that is not suitable for children or those who are it easily disturbed. It is free. It's on Steam. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's free. It's on yeah, Steam. Yeah, you can play it through probably in a few hours. So if you aren't the kind of person who likes uh, Let's Plays, but you're interested, like if it sounds like something you might want to try out, mm -hmm. um, pause the, the podcast, mm -hmm. go download it if you yep. have a Steam account. If you don't, create a Steam yep. account and download it. And you really have no reason not to play this game. If you're interested. If you're not a child or easily disturbed. Yeah. Um, Please, and for the love of God, trust us on this. If, yeah. you are, if you are easily disturbed, do not play it or do not Do not play it. this fun, happy game. This fun, and happy... the less ah. you know about it, the better. So, at that point, we're going to go ahead and strike this uh, spoiler-free part and dive head deep into spoilers don't worry about that okay doki doki literature club doki doki literature club oh my god <laughs> okay so i knew going into it that it was a secret horror game i i heard a little bit about it i saw the steam page um elise was i i was i was watching game grumps i usually watch game grumps when i'm getting ready for work in the morning or sometimes uh, two best friends play uh and so I started watching the, the Let's Play, and Elise was like, oh, I want to watch this with you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he didn't tell me. He didn't fucking say anything. And I got really excited because I like cute things. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. And so I was like, oh, man, I'm really getting into it. I love the girls. And then they 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 kept dropping. So we watched the Game Grumps yeah. Let's Play. Yeah. And, and Aaron knew. Aaron knew. Mm -hmm. Dan didn't. And then was it... Brian, someone had played Ross. through. Ross, Ross had played through it and said they were going to stop was... it at one point. Yeah. And Ross said, "No, keep no, playing. You, you keep, keep going. There's there's a twist." Um, and so then I was like, "Oh man, there's a twist. Like maybe you see the girls naked. I don't know." So like I, I feel like I'm incriminating myself, but like I got really excited. <laughs> I wanted to know what the twist was, and so I was like, "Okay, Nick," because like usually Nick kind of has it on in the background while we're getting ready for work, and so. I, I kind of like half listened to whatever, but like this was one that I was like, okay, I really want to watch this. Please don't watch it without me. Didn't fucking say anything. Nope. So like I got super excited. Like we'd get home from work and I'd be like, oh man, is there a new episode of Doki Doki Literature Club? And it like took a break over Christmas and then it came back and then we're like, we're going to watch it. And we, you know, we started watching it and it was like, there was a title. One of them was just, what? what? <laughs> In Terabang. And in Terabang is when you have the question mark and an uh, exclamation, exclamation point. point. And I was just like, what? 
And I think what disturbed me the most was at the beginning of that video, the screen goes black and it says, you know, there are going to be some disturbing images or it gives some sort of like trigger warning about disturbing images, no music. And then they go into the intro and I'm like, the actual fuck is going to happen. <laughs> and so like, I'm watching it and I'm kind of like, what's going on? What's going to happen? And then should we say it? Go We're ahead. in spoiler territory. We're in now. spoiler territory. So um, you, at this point in the game, you have either chosen to confess or not confess your love to Sayori. Sayori has said she's in love with you, but she's also really depressed. Um, the next day you go to school, Sayori is there. It's the there. day of the festival. It's the day of the festival. Sayori doesn't meet you to go walking. You go to school, she's not there. And then you read her poem. And then you read her poem, and you freak the fuck out, and you go home, and you go into her room, and she's hung herself. No, no, no. She hanged herself. Oh my god, fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks, English major. <laughs> she has hanged herself. She has hanged herself. Yeah. And Dan starts freaking out, and I, at the same time, start freaking the fuck out. Well, Nick and Aaron, like, I feel like I'm experiencing this with Dan from Game Grumps. Like, we're both like, what the fuck? What just happened? Like, we're freaking the fuck out. And, like, Nick and Aaron are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Oh, uh, yeah. The whole time. We're like, the whole time? And then, like, at almost... In fairness, I did not know that that specifically was going to happen. I knew that it was a horror game. That was the only thing that I knew going into it. So, the... the... Basically, like, within seconds of each other, we're both like, I thought it was going to be a fun, sexy twist. <laughs> just both had this realization where it was like, man, I, th I thought it was going to be, like, a fun, like, you know, like, you end up in a polyamorous relationship with all of the girls, and you love them all equally, or, like, something. Like, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a fun, sexy twist, to, to quote Dan from Game Grumps, <laughs> and it wasn't. And I, like... I was I I was so upset. I was so upset with Nick. I was so upset that he didn't tell me <laughs> that he allowed me to get like really sucked into this game and he never fucking said anything. And like, oh my god, it was In fairness to me, I thought it would be really funny when you found out. And it was Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. So So I was watching the the Pro Jared one and I knew like like Nick, I knew it was a horror game. But I didn't know exactly what had happened, and I'd gone out of my way to avoid spoilers. Yeah, me too. Um, Jared did not. Jared knew it was saw a twist, but he did not know it was a horror game, and he was playing alone. <laughs> now, oh God. now, if if you are watching the Game Grumps one, they're joking all through the first act. Like they are making jokes, they're making funny voices for all the characters, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they're just oh playing my God, it up and laughs. without knowing yeah, so, the big twist at the end, they gave Monica a robot voice. So the um, I think Aaron probably knew. The Jared did not know. J Jared plays it straight. Like, Jared got really invested in this, you know, didn't make jokes about all that. It was really just playing it straight. And I think it's interesting to see because both of them took different routes. Mm. Like, um, I think, what is it? Um, the Game Grumps tried to go for Sayori's route. Yeah, but they Dan ended got up, really obsessed with Sayori. But they ended up doing more of Natsuki's stuff. Because the way the routes are determined is by the way you write the poems. Like, yeah, every okay. day you write a poem, and whichever words you choose to go into the poem, if you write the poem with the majority of words that are related to a certain character, then 
that poem gives I was gives wondering if that actually did affect anything. It does, anything. yeah. Okay. So, so if you write with a lot of, if you have like over half, I think, of the words that are, you know, that make um, Natsuki happy, then you'll see Natsuki's day, basically. That's who you'll hang out with. Um, so, so they mostly hung out with Natsuki, uh, and even though they were trying to go after Sayori. Jared tried to go after Yuri. And did so fairly, fairly successfully. But you get different hints throughout. And and this is why you should not only watch like a, either different Let's Play or play the, play game, the game. Because even in the first act, there are hints. And yeah. if you know what you're looking for, like I'll just go ahead and say this. When you go to the festival and Monica is the only one that's greeting you there, her exact phrase to you is, Man, you really left Siori hanging there. Oh, <laughs> wow. And you don't catch it until you play that a second time. Oh, um, my God. So at that point, after after Sayori's death, that's just act one. Yeah. And things get weirder from there. We go to act two. Would you like to describe what happens in act two? Before we describe act two, I want to say what I, I'm going to give a shout out to a friend who I, I don't know if she listens to the podcast. <laughs> um, but I think the best summation of doki doki literature club was a friend of mine from high school micah um posted on facebook 11 p.m i wanted to relax and play a game tonight how about doki doki literature club for an hour 2 30 a.m google nightmares from doki doki literature club (laughs) like it's just that is exactly what happens Mm -hmm. and and it's so bonkers because you just you go through a lot of like clicking there was there were over a dozen episodes before they got to the twist. Mm-hmm. And yeah. each oh, one the of these first episodes, twist. like the, the first, first twist. twist and there's over a dozen episodes. So it's like a, it's almost two hours of gameplay, but also with like Dan and Aaron just goofing, goofing around. Yeah. And yeah. But it's like, it's so much gameplay until you get to the first twist. Mm-hmm. And then it lulls you into this, like, yeah completely false sense of security yeah. about what's going on and then it's like holy fuck yeah. so Siori's character file gets deleted yeah yeah um and that's actually something that jared did that the game grumps didn't do which is actually go and check the game's directory yeah because not only do you see that her character file has been deleted but you also see notes that appear over the course of the game <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah oh my god um so when you guys play play with that in the second window yeah um but but yeah, so so the game resets. Yes. It's a new game, but yeah. Siori's not in it like yeah. at all. And, and so, every time like somebody tries to mention her, she gets glitched out. Well, it does. It, it, she only gets mentioned a, a few at times the at the beginning, yeah. and then it's like because like, one of the first things that happens in the original playthrough, the first part of the playthrough, is that the main character says, "Oh, Sayori and I always walk to school together." And then when you restart it, it's, it's like, like, I have always walked to school together. alone. And it's like... Oh, no, no. The first time it says, I've always walked to school with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like gerbil. Yeah, yeah. But then it restarts it again. It's like, I've always worked to, walked to school alone. I should probably start hanging out with some girls. Yeah. Uh, and oh, then so, oh, God. And then... And oh. it just goes, like, crazier and crazier from there. Yeah. And, like, the other two char- like two of the three other characters kind of start going, getting, like, really obsessive about mm-hmm. the main character. Mm-hmm. Yuri and Natsuki. You yeah. find some. Uh, you Although find Natsuki's out that Natsuki's that father beats her and doesn't keep food in the house. Possibly, possibly, possibly. Or do you find out more about that if you go like, or do you know if you go like from so, more of a Natsuki route? If you go the Natsuki route in Act One, 
it, it kind of only hints at what the relationship with her father is. Mm-hmm. But because what's happening in Act 2 is the character's mental states are being exacerbated yeah. by a third force, it's possible that that is just an exacerbation of what's actually happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kind of like how, how you know Sayori's depression, which is brought up, was more than likely not bad enough to lead to a suicide at that point. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I don't deal with depression. It's a very serious topic to deal with and, yeah. and talk about. But it's kind of implied that if everything had been kept s- stable, then that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And so I think the same thing is, of course, happening with Yuri, as you find out over the course. She's really the one that gets most yeah. um, violent <laughs> in her obsession. Um, and to the point where it it straight up goes into creep yandere territory. Oh my god! Um, uh, the so eyes. the the second yeah. oh my god that was uh, that was so terrifying. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So in the second act, you Monica ends up greeting you at school, and then convincing you to join the literature club. When in the the first playthrough, that was role that was, was filled by Sayori. Sayori. Mm-hmm. Um, they change it from, oh, we need five members um, to be an official club. It drops down to, oh, we need a fourth member. They never actually mention that they need another member to be an oh, official okay. club in the first one. They're already an official club in, yeah. the, in the first oh, okay. act. It's just that in these kind of situations, I don't know if it's actually true in Japanese high schools, but in at least in anime, you need four members to make a club. Yeah. Um, so then, um, so then, like, oh, we can be officially recognized as a club. And so... You start playing through, and the gameplay doesn't change. Um, you know, it's still the same mechanics as far as like the poems, but then the poems started becoming more. The poems that the the other characters show you, yeah, become more and more kind of creepy, like, creepy and weird. Weird, yeah. Um, especially your glitching out at random mm-hmm. times. The background art starts to tilt. The music <laughs> gets distorted at certain yeah. points. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And and again these personalities start getting way out of whack. And the uh the text changes at different points. The text goes from a very like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. aerial regular white font on a pink background to very bolded black letters. Mm-hmm. Um or- and that's when they're saying things that are very off the wall or yeah. very like obsessive or very dark. Fucking Monica. Yeah. Fucking Monica. So, and they like drop F bombs, which there's no cursing in the first act. Yeah. And then like they start like turning on Monica and it's so oh my god. Yeah, and, and the um, the fight scene. So so like in the first act, Yuri and Natsuki have an argument. Yeah. And it's up to you to decide with one or the other. And in the second act, there's no Siori to end that argument, so it goes on and on and on, and it just gets darker and darker and worse and worse. And, it and then escalates. something and happens, and we never find out exactly what it is. So you can't choose any of them to side with. Yeah. The screen just gets closer and closer, and then Monica appears. Mm-hmm. And she takes you outside, and they disperse. And that's that's really all that <laughs> happens. No, but they, it's implied that they continue to fight. They do. Because they do. then, then the, uh, Natsuki and Yuri both leave. Well, Natsuki Natsu- leaves running away. Yuri's yeah. repeating to herself over and over that I didn't yeah. mean it, I yeah, didn't yeah, mean yeah, it. Yeah. And then the next day, Natsuki doesn't remember any of it. Yeah. And, and, and Yuri you does. try to bring it up with her, and she's like, yeah, I Yuri, don't know Yuri tries to bring it up to apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's oh it's a mess. And after, but they're still preparing for mm-hmm. the festival. Mm-hmm. And and so what what in the game grumps they did, they kept going with Natsuki, mm-hmm. and eventually in the second act, even if you wrote perfect poems for Natsuki, Yuri edges her way into your into your life, hmm. and <clears throat> and basically it becomes a Yuri route, and because she wants you mm-hmm. <laughs> just that badly just that badly um and it gets to the point where you get to this time for the festival and we're gonna decide who we're gonna who we're gonna hang out with over the weekend who we're gonna hang out with over the weekend guys monica no no not over the weekend oh wait. we spend oh, yeah, a, we yeah. spend a whole See, two we, days we, with yuri but no but the window <laughs> thing pops up and oh, yeah. the, the only thing that you can actually choose you is can monica. only choose monica yeah just monica just monica um, but then Yuri, of course, wants to spend the day with you anyway and confess. And so we get Yuri's confession scene. Let's let's talk about Yuri's confession oh scene. <laughs> so she gives you... Is this the point where she gives you a poem? Uh, no. Or does that happen the day before? No, that happens the day before. So, yeah. so the poem the day before was just a bunch of random scribbles with, like, blood, blood and stains. yellow stains. And oh, and once again, almost at the exact same time, yeah. Dan <laughs> and I were like... They're like, what's that yellow stain? <laughs> and then she says, like, I marked it with my scent. And it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, um, Natsuki gives you a poem. That is a cry a, for help That's for a Yuri. cry for help. That's like, oh, my God. Get Yuri I don't the know, help she needs. Like, we need to get Yuri help. I can't talk to Monica. Monica tells me to stop, to just ignore it, and that she'll be fine. Um, don't show her this letter. Just pretend like you read, like, a really good poem. And then the second after you click away from it. Yeah. She's like, forget everything I read. Don't don't listen to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So then, um, so anyway, so it's the day of the festival. Um, Yuri's pushed the other girls out or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And so she's, like, confessing to you her love, and it becomes more and more obsessed. She starts, like, saying this really erratic language and it's like oh my god and you're clicking through and you're i'm clicking really fucking nuts aren't i but i don't care, I care. anymore <laughs> and then and you get close i feel like you got closer and closer to her too yeah and then it's finally like yes, no you're yeah the options pop up and she's like well do you reciprocate and it's like yes and no and in the game grumps version they click no and i don't know what happens if you click yes in the jared version they click yes okay Okay, so in the, the Game Grumps version, same thing happens. she just starts laughing mm-hmm. and then takes out a knife and just stabs herself repeatedly in front of you and then falls down dead. Yeah. And then you spend the entire weekend staring at her dead body. As it decays and, and desiccates. And you're there. like clicking, 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 and it's just gerbil. Like, it's just nonsense, text, nonsense, yeah. nonsense. And then, but like the light changes, so it, it explores the passing of time. But what happened, and the exact same thing happens? Yeah, so so if you say yes, then basically she gets too happy, too excited. Because it's implied that she kind of, she's, she's a cutter. She cuts herself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and... It's, it's not in play. Like they they, yeah, they show, show you. they do show it. it they imp- show you yeah. at some point and then it glitches out. Yeah, uh, and so you know she she just gets too excited, pulls out a knife and just stabs herself the same. Uh, and so you do watch her body decay over the course of the weekend, and then Natsuki shows up, sees the scene, vomits her guts out and leaves, and then Monica shows up. And it's like, oh, geez, I didn't realize that that would happen. I didn't know the script was broken that bad. Here, let me fix that. And then suddenly, Natsuki's character is deleted. Yuri's character is deleted. And it's like, let me try this again. 
And then you start to the top of the game, and then it's act three. The next time you open the game, you're in just a room. With Monica. With Monica. And she's looking right at you. And she's looking right at, at you. There's nothing else going on, and she just talk, starts talking to you about how she realized a long time ago that she was a game character. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, like, apparently a bunch of people have played through this game before, and no one ever picks her. They always go after the other girls, and she just really wants well, to be. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's that you can't. You physically cannot choose Monica route. Yeah. She is She is hard-coded to not be a dateable character in the game, if yeah. the base game. Yeah. And that's what she realizes, that she can never have happiness that she's programmed to want. <laughs> she's programmed to, like, live in a world that she can't really exist in, and mm-hmm. she can't achieve anything in. Yeah. And um, so and she starts messing with the game codes, mm-hmm. and she tries to make the other characters unlikable, or you know all that. She like apparently she like amps up. She confesses to like amping up um, Sayori's depression, and she confesses to amping up Yuri's um, obsessiveness. Yuri's obsessiveness, and probably Monica's relation with her dad, or Natsuki's relationship Natsuki, with yes. her dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, so she's just talking, and then. She says, but I'm not talking to you, protagonist. Yeah. I'm talking to you, player. Yeah. And, like, and like, like in the Game Grumps one, she's like, I'm not talking to you, friend Aaron, the name that they use for the character. I'm talking to you, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, my God, that did, was Did so Jared creepy. use a different name? No, Jared, Jared didn't get that, that jumpy bit because Jared just used the word Jared. And, yeah. And it's, but it is, it's based off of your, your computer name. That's what I thought. So it's like, when I... I played through this myself. When I got to that part, it said, but I'm not talking to you, Alex. I'm talking to you, the history buff, which is what I named my account. So it's like, ugh. Or yeah. your Steam account or your... No, not the Steam account. The uh, the, the, the name account. Because the, yeah, the, the, the Windows account. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, interestingly enough, you missed something very... I won't say important, but you missed a really creepy thing in, mm-hmm. if you just watched the Game Gumps one. Mm-hmm. Because they they fix the problem before a line of dialogue comes up that everybody that that is watching a let's play should should see. Okay. Uh, because basically Monica realizes, oh, you're recording this, aren't you? <laughs> oh man. Oh hi everyone. I'm not I'm not very uh, good in front of cameras. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> and then there's a jump scare. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> But uh, oh my god! Now I have to play through it. Well, I mean, oh, you it, it, it won't happen it. unless you're recording. <gasps> so right? yeah, so like, there's a bunch of conditions that happen, and um, they also like, like I said, they um, they solve the problem too soon because if you sit there and talk with her, she goes into a lot of things. Like, if you try to exit the game, you bring it back, it just comes right out back to the screen. It's like I had a terrible dream. What happened? It's like like all the, like she's just there, and she'll continue to talk on for hours. That's about incredible. different topics, yeah. Um, I don't know this at all because I didn't sit there for a few hours listening to her talk. Um, but <laughs> but um, I'm not crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> but um, I think we need to get Alex some help. <laughs> but the um, but no, but like it it goes into a lot of kind of insight in into that because yeah. the idea is this is a sentient or something that became sort Sounds of sentient yeah. uh, within this game, trying to deal with the world that she's been put in. And then there's the solution to that problem, which is... Deleting her character file. It's what she did for all the other characters. So you have to go into the directory and delete her character file. Yep. Yep. 
and yeah. and then the game comes back and all the characters are back yep. and everything seems to be fine. The the version as as of this recording, the final episode or episodes of the Game Grumps playthrough have not been posted yet. It'll so. just take one more. I'm I'm calling it now. It'll just take one more uh, game yeah. episode for the finale. Um, but basically, you're playing through. It's Siori that started the club. She's yeah. the president. And uh, you are playing through the first day of the club, and everyone's happy. It's kind of almost, Im- you'll see, it's kind of almost implying that Yuri and Natsuki are going to get together. Yeah. And so so it's like, they're, they're being really super cute, and the, the whole poems never come up, because that was all Monica's thing. It's about sharing books and different types of literature. And then, if you have just played through it once, then you get the bad end or the ambiguous end and i'm not gonna necessarily spoil it yeah, for you two um but tomorrow and as of the time of this recording going up you will probably see it uh but something kind of happens with siori and the position of being president of the club but uh then it's game over and credits how you avoid this and how you get the the uh, good ending is. Do you want me to, to go ahead and? Sure. Like I, as long as I don't know what the good ending is. All right. I, I how, do, yeah. how do you get it? So you have to view every CG, every image mm-hmm. that comes in the game, and you have to do it in a certain order. So so you play through a Sayori route, like mm-hmm. a, a perfect Sayori route, getting three per, three poems for Sayori. Then you before you get to the hanging scene, you save the game and you start a new one and you play through a uh, Natsuki route. And then you, before you get to the hanging, you save the game and go back. You, then you play through a Yuri route, and then you keep going. And that's how you're able to see basically all the, almost all the content that there is to see in the game. And then if you've done that, when it gets to the end, there's a little extra bonus. I would recommend either playing through it straight the first time or watching a Let's Play of someone playing through it straight the first time so you can see that original ending. But Can you, know. you get... Does uh, Pro Jared get the jump scare? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I kind of want to go and watch just that one episode. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the last episode. It's it's the hour-long finale of his. Okay. He, he usually, like, I think, honestly, I think Game Grumps does two short episodes. Uh, 15 minutes yeah. is too short. Um, it, it's got to do with when they first started doing it. I mean. Like, what YouTube was capable of uploading. I mean, even I when they started, you were able to put in, like, like back in 2011, there were, or 20. 20, yeah, like like 2010, there were limits as to how long a, yeah. a thing on epi- on YouTube could be. It was about 10 to 15 minutes. But I think even by the time Game Grim started, it had already been extended. Mm. So I'm not sure. But the um, it just it doesn't work for every game game because no. it, like it works really well for um, it works really well for when they do like Sonic because they do like lots of games like Sonic and Mario and. I feel like the 15-minute, the 10, 15-minute format works really well for those games. But this particular game, I think, would work better as a Let's Play with the Pro Jared style yeah. where you're, you're watching, like, yeah. 30 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I wish they were a little less rigid. Yeah. But, but uh, um, I don't know. But, yeah, so, so that's Doki Doki Literature Club. And yeah, that's Doki Doki Literature um, Club. I have played through the first act three times and gone through the rest of it um, to get that ending. Mm. I have installed a fan-made story extender for the bit with Monica. Um, (laughs) And um, 
I have, I actually, uh, so, so the game is free, but there's a way that you can help support the creator, uh, by buying a kind of extras pack, which is just music and, and kind of like some art and stuff like that. And it's, it's under $10. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so I've gone ahead and done that too. Cause I appreciated it enough to, yeah. to be, think it's worth it. But yeah. So I, so I don't know if I should have done this, but after, after the big reveal, I ended up of the first act, I ended up like reading a bunch of stuff about Doki Doki Literature Club. And mm-hmm. I gave myself like a couple of spoilers just because I was like, Oh my God, I need to know what's coming next because <laughs> I need to prepare myself. Um, which was sort of unfortunate. Like, I don't know if I should have done that, but too late now. Um, so I thought it was really interesting because the creator of the game um, is like a real... Dan Salvatore? Dan Salvatore. Like, he's done other mods in the past um, for other games. Like, he's... I don't know. He, he's like a kind of an interesting guy. I think he was like a professional... Um, let's see. He was Dan Salvatore... Salvato. We got that wrong. I know. Salvato. Okay. Um, He's known for his Super Mario Maker things, uh, levels. I think he was like briefly a professional. um... Oh, no. Here we go. He was known for his modding work for Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm -hmm. Um, And according to Salvato, the inspiration for the game came from his mixed feelings towards anime and a fascination for surreal and unsettling experiences. Um, so apparently it took him about two years to develop the game. And um, I don't know, it, it was interesting, like his kind like, of mixed feelings. His about... ph- yeah, his philosophy going into it about what is you know good about the, the anime genres and what is bad about it. And, like, how can you kind of subvert the tropes, not just of, of anime, but also of the visual novel itself, like the dating sim. Like, all of the, the tropes that go with it. Like, you know, like, like let's like Natsuki is kind of sort of the tsundere character even before things get messed up. It's like that kind of stuff maybe he doesn't, he's not all on board with. But able to use those tropes and kind of flip them on their head uh, in, a, in an effective, horrific way. Uh, there's also in the game references uh, in the book that Yuri reads, yeah, uh, the Portrait of Markov, that might be references to a future game that he might be working on. Oh my god! Oh. Um, so check out that. And when you play it again or watch it again, read carefully Monica's poems with the understanding of what she is. Yeah, because yeah. it really makes a lot more sense on the second time around. I think my besides my friend Micah's Facebook status about this game. <laughs> I think my other favorite quote was uh, in Crow Jared's top 10 games from 2017. Um, he said that this game takes your empathy and plays it like a string. Mm-hmm. And it's that is exactly what it feels like to watch a Let's Play of it. Because yeah. it's like you get like I got really into the characters and. I love cute girls doing cute things as an anime genre. Like I was all about Oran High Host Club. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like coming into this, I was like, this is great. I love it. And then it was like, you know, I started to care about all the characters and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's when they fuck. got you. <laughs> you know, so it was, I feel like this was just, a, a, you know, I just started watching this game to have a good time. And I just feel, honestly feeling really attacked right now. <laughs> Dan Salvato. Uh, I can't pronounce your last name. Nah. 
That's that's how I feel about Dookie Dookie Literature Club. So, what are your feelings about what you do with Monica and how you deal with Monica? Like, let's 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 take apart the fact that it's a game and we know that that's the way how you complete the game. Yeah. yeah. If in the real world a character gains sentience and in the process of trying to reach you killed characters that don't have sentience are you justified in ending their existence in order to fulfill your weird kind of dream about dating one of these characters that don't have that sentience uh, my thought <laughs> my thought on this is more of cuz i'm kind of somewhat torn back okay. and forth between this but what what are your thoughts i i I feel like, okay, AI is probably an eventuality, and yes, when that does eventually occur, we are probably going to have to, you know, figure that shit out pretty quickly in terms of, like, granting rights to, to artificial beings. Yes. Um, sentient Monica's running around. Sen but if the very first thing that that sentient, like, being does when it comes into existence is try to murder other things similar to itself, I think you we're shut probably, that shit yeah, down. You, you shut, shut that, that down, down right there. So what's really crazy to me is, um, have you seen Gravity Falls? Uh, I've seen season one, I think. Um, so I haven't seen all of it, okay. but I have seen. I have seen. Okay. I think this is in season two when this happened. Are you talking about the 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 dating sim Seuss? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know about it, but I haven't. Seen okay, it. so in I believe it's a season two episode. Um, I believe you're right. Seuss, who's kind of like a nerdy fanboy um, character, uh, you know, he lives with his his, his, his grand ab ab his his abuela. He lives with his abuela. Um, you know, he like collects nerd things and plays a lot of video games. And so um, he starts playing a dating sim. And so there's this plot of like him playing this dating simulator and then also starting to have feelings for a real character. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all a cartoon, but like there's like a girl in town that he starts having feelings for and they start going on dates and the dating simulator becomes Jealous. increasingly jealous of mm -hmm. him and her and is like why aren't you spending more time with me why aren't you doing this like you should just be here all the time with me and eventually the kids like they just you know in a very madcap animated sort of way they they end up destroying the computer um and destroying the dating simulator so they they do not mess around with that mm. moral quandary they just shut that shit down <laughs> um you know and the message ends up being about like spending more time with like real people as opposed to date you know mm -hmm. online presences um but yeah and it's eerily similar it's similar but to, it's not the same yeah. yeah in that in that in that it's jealousy of an actual person yeah like a, an actual human being whereas in this it's jealousy of programs yeah yeah that aren't and how yeah other things are programmed in mm -hmm. the nature of yeah how and, we create things exactly and and but then on the other hand, it's like those programs have the same capacity for sentience too. Yeah, that Monica yeah. had. Yeah. So that like it's not it's it's necessarily kinda... murder, but it's the, the principle is there. So I think. it's like, do you how do you deal with this character? Like, you know, I don't know. This is these are the kind of things that that I've been. Have thinking you just about. been thinking about this for three days not while three you've been days. sitting in a room with Monica? <laughs> 
No, uh, not three days. We need to get Alex help. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Monica. Oh, God. Did you watch that? No, I've seen it before. Okay. <laughs> Did you watch it? Okay. God, it's terrifying. I don't know. Now it's like everything. I am a very like hypersensitive person and I can't watch a lot of horror things. And so now that I've accidentally watched one, thank you, fiance. You're welcome. Who I'm supposed to spend the rest of my fucking life with. You are me. you one of those oh, who are easily now disturbed? No, it's like, yeah, I am. I was, I was not supposed to play this game. But you liked it. You are sleeping on the couch. Oh, okay. Forever. I think you say this every time we've yeah. the podcast. It's never true. It's never true. Anyway. There's probably like some people like, God, she sounds like a huge bitch. Super abusive. I'm pretty sure the only people who listen to this podcast know who we are. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, it's, it's a very difficult question. But, yeah, my, the way I'm looking at it is, like, if the very first thing, basically, that this thing did when it became sentient mm-hmm. was start, like, plotting against other... For attention. Yeah. It's not like she made you cupcakes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she doesn't... It, it, she does these things. She sees the other programs around her as a means to an end yeah. or like they're standing in her way of what she wants. Mm-hmm. And to have that kind of non-morality to just see other things as disposable. Yeah. yeah no, fuck that. We need to shut that down. But it's also not necessarily the first thing she does. That's true. The too. first yeah. thing she does is just try to make the others unlikable enough to where you can choose her, but the game doesn't let her. Yeah. The the physical game yeah. is not programmed to allow for that to happen. But if she's able to like rewrite the scripts, like why can't she put that? Yeah, well, she was can't. trying. That uh, maybe you saw in the um in the Game Grumps episode there was a point where it goes to like a blue screen. Mm-hmm. It's like it's implied that basically she's trying to code oh, herself out of the game. Oh, yes. But she's not very good at coding yet. Yeah. So so she's she's trying to figure out another way out but can't and can only really mess with stuff in the game itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like it, it does escalate to that point. Yeah. And like there was a point where we should have stopped, but we've gone past that point, so let's just see where it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, yeah, you're you're also right. It's like there were other ways to get that attention that she yeah. wanted, and she tries those. Like she tries to to talk like in a in a closing scene. It's like, wait, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are you? T- wait, no, don't go. It's like, but the game is not letting it. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, you know, that question that you figure out if someone is a sociopath and mm-hmm. the whole, like, a woman, like, a woman goes to a funeral and she meets this, or she goes to the funeral of her cousin and then she meets her man, meets a man, she falls in love with him, blah, blah, blah. Weeks later, you know, uh, she, like, loses all the contact information for this guy and she wants to meet up with him again and she kills her sister. Why, like, why does she kill her sister? And it's like, oh, to have another funeral. And, like, that, like, leap in logic. Mm. Um, y- yeah. Like, I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of that puzzle. Um, I don't with, know. With, with Monica. And it's just, just, I can't get over the seeing other things as disposable. I can't get over, like working around all of these pathways like if you're faced with this quandary of well i've tried all of these solutions that don't kill anybody or i can kill people it's like you should just give up at that point although you should just 
Although, at, yeah. at, you know, to play devil's advocate, as she says, she never actually killed any of the characters. She just messed with them to the point where they killed themselves, which is not acceptable at all. Yeah. But it, she's trying to justify it. And she does feel regret for that at the end of the game, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like, I don't know if it's just that she sees them as disposable. She does still, you know, have regrets about that. But she goes into the crazy where it's like, well, the ends justify the means of being with you for the rest of eternity. That's kind of where it goes into the crazy yeah. territory. Um, but is, you know, are you still right to, to delete it? I don't know. Again, a lot of different hands here with a lot of different yeah. <laughs> options. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe after you finish it, you know, you'll have Feel more thoughts. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. One thing that I, I appreciate about this game and I kind of wish that I had gone into it not knowing that it was a horror game. Mm. Because one thing that I've always wanted, um, and this is, I feel like is the game that has gotten closest to it so far, is a game that you can play all the way through without realizing it's meant to be a horror game. <laughs> like, if you go digging in it, mm -hmm. like, like some sort of, like, open world kind of, like, Skyrim kind of game where you have, like, this big adventure and, like, all this stuff happens and it's, like, just a straight-up game... But if you go digging, and mm -hmm. if you find the right thing, mm -hmm. it turns into a horror game. Yeah. Like, that's something that I've always wanted. And I would love to see something like that, where it's like, it's it's secretly that. I mean, if you just play Act 1. Just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm Because there are hints there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it's not, it's not exactly the same thing, because it's no. like, it will, if you keep playing it, it will become a horror game. This is true. This Whereas, is true. like, what, I, what I'm saying is, like, a game where, like, you can play it from beginning to end without getting to anything horrifying. There's just, like, maybe, like, a little unsettling at parts. Mm -hmm. But then, like, you know, if you really go looking, like, kind of, it would be the ultimate, like, Lovecraftian horror. Mm. Where it's like, oh, no, you went too far. You dug too deep. <laughs> And now you too, found this thing. You've dreamed too well, oh wise arch dreamer. <laughs> yeah, you found this thing, and now it can never go back to that. <laughs> That's something There's that like I, some crazy like Minecraft mod out there where like if you dig deep enough in this one spot, you just release. I mean, Minecraft. I mean, you release Cthulhu. Minecraft in and of itself kind of has that because it has like the Endermen, where you go. Yeah. Like, like is the the villain? I was like, you know, some of the mobs in the game. I mean, a, a game that's kind of like that is Glitter Mitten Grove. I think I've heard of that one. It's yeah. uh, so like Glitter Mitten Grove is a game where you are in control of kind of like a fairy tree colony, and you mm. you have to kind of help the fairies and grow the tree and 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 get the resources and all that. And you can play through that completely through for hours and hours. And if you don't dig, you know, because like you have to mine for certain gems and such. Mm. If you don't mine for certain gems you'll never find the rest of the game which is not actually horror but it's just a bunch of other games that are hidden in this one. Oh, game. that's pretty cool yeah so it's um but yeah so so that's probably the game that maybe comes closest to this and mm. sorry for spoiling that to you but no, you know, that's fine you know it's it's a it's another game kind of sort of like that it's actually technically the game within the game is called frag fractions 2 <laughs> um but uh if you've ever played frog fractions you know what i'm talking about yeah i have played frog fractions frog fractions is great yeah, yeah. no i think you actually sent that to i me. think i did yeah did you play it finish it i did yes oh, okay <laughs> yeah so yeah that is doki doki literature club it's so much fun it's such a cute game it's so cute Okay, who do you want to spend the most time with? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can we talk about that seriously? Like, if you if it were like an actual dating sim, like 
Oh, man. Probably Sayori or Natsuki. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I like them, but I also like Monica. <laughs> but knowing what I know about Monica, I'm like, I don't know if I could ever do that. Well, if Monica was given her own route, yeah. so that she didn't have to go crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that would be that would be an interesting thing. Would like, you yeah. ra- Would you rather date a girl that's sentient and knows that she's in a game, <laughs> even and and gives you a route, or ignorance is bliss for a reason, Alex? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Who would you guys pick? Who would you guys pick? Uh, I'm, I'm still on the fence because I just find them all adorable. I mean, I'd probably Siori. Or Monica, if yeah. you know, if Monica was given her own route. I kind of like Yuri. Yuri's, Yuri's good too. <laughs> Yuri's, you Yuri's cool too. She's all quiet and she likes books and stuff. I That's like not that. why you like her. No, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I not, mean, not I mean, yeah, I, it would... that whole scene where she's like, "Yeah, my my back has problems because of my poor posture." Yeah, my poor posture. Oh, is it because you carry around so many books? Yeah, that's that's it. That's definitely it. Sorry, I love you. I love you. Spend the most time with her, all right? Um, but the um, but no, yeah, I, I probably would have to go next at Yuri and then Natsuki kind of last. Even though Natsuki's yeah. cute in her own right. Yeah. Um, There's something about the aggressive girl with pink hair that I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You like that Sundari character, don't you? Fair enough. A little bit. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. And what do you, dear listener, which girl would you like you, to hang out with? If would you would you like, like to spend the most time with? But as with... Monica says, promise to spend the most time with me, okay? <laughs> if you would if you would like to spend the most time with us, uh, you can... <laughs> you can email us at some nerds have a Gmail. No, some nerds have an email at gmail.com. Have we had any emails at all? Um, I occasionally get stuff from Apple. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, you know, never know. We actually did. I, I saw on SoundCloud some random, like, promotions guy shared one of our... <laughs> yeah, I saw that, too. Our, uh, podcasts. Hey. But that's not the one... Um, actually, uh, you're not the hero. Uh, no. Uh, what about Ron Magic has been getting kind of a lot of listens recently. I mean, I think it's oh, the nice. one with the most listens. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the the last one only had like ten, but that one has like thirty plus. No, I think that one's uh the the latest one has about twenty or thirty now. Too. Is it now? Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, not that I'm following. We have over not, twenty not listens th- just on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about iTunes. We yeah. haven't had any yeah. reviews or anything like that. So if you want to give us like stars yeah. rate, on iTunes, rate review us on iTunes. Yeah. From what I understand, it helps us get uh, found easier. We don't um, want to get found easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also on Twitter, which we have very few Twitter followers. Nobody that is actually a person except for Sweary. Wait, Sweary follows us? <laughs> so he Sweary follows us? Are you serious? Alright, so I have to I have to mention Sweary will follow anyone that follows them. Okay, fair so, enough. So Aww. he has exactly the same number as followers so as <laughs> so. Damn. We thought we were special. Uh follow, coming up our two hundred part playthrough of Deadly Premonition. <laughs> so yeah. Um so Sweary follows us, some bots follow us, and some I don't know. Real anyway, people would be nice. Real people. Real would be people. Nice. We'll, we'll do that. That should be our 2018 goal: is to have more of a Twitter presence. Yeah. Yeah. Because all I'm doing right now is basically just saying we have a new episode out. So, and if you guys want to put on stuff on Twitter, all you're right. welcome to do so. <laughs> I don't understand how Twitter works. I'm over 30. I don't understand how you're this. <laughs> God, you're so old. I know. 
Look, You're look, so old. if the president can tweet from his bathroom, you can tweet from yours. <laughs> well, but he has enough holes in his head that basically he's not, he's no longer uh, like an old person. He's in that second childhood that yeah. Shakespeare talks about. I have also used the Twitter as almost like my personal, because I don't actually write on my personal Twitter. Mm. So I'm uh-huh. basically just following people I want to follow on Twitter with it, <laughs> which is maybe not the best thing for us to do for this joint thing. But one person I did follow, the most recent person, is Monica. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, because she has her own Twitter account. Why? <laughs> Why? So maybe she'll notice us. Oh, so it's kind of like that that thing in um, uh, Ender's Game, or maybe it's one of the sequels, where there's like like a, a sentient creature that basically like evolves on the internet mm. and like becomes a being. You remember that? I never read you Ender's never Game. Never read Ender's Game. Did you read Ender's Game? I read the first one, but I didn't read any of the sequels. It might have just—it might have been in the first one. I can't. It's been a long. Time. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a long time since middle school. I was I, when I was in uh, elementary school or middle school. I was—I think it was like late elementary school. I was given two books by a friend. Okay. One was Ender's Game, and one was um, Color of Magic. You made the right choice. <laughs> you made the right choice. <laughs> Let me just say that right here and now. Yeah. Unpopular opinion, Orson Scott Card's a dick. <laughs> Is that an unpopular opinion? That was not. <laughs> no. Terry Pratchett was a real cool guy. Yeah. Orson yep. Scott, Card, Scott Card is an asshole. Yep. Still an asshole. A living asshole. Ew. All right. All right, on that note, do you want to give us the webcomic of the week? Monica's and then writing we will... tip of the day. <laughs> 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 no, so remember to save your game. Uh, the No, the... um. So the webcomic of the week. Everything's a hint. Everything's a, a hint in my life. A little bit of Monica. Glitchy. All right. So the <laughs> the webcomic of the week um, is a webcomic that is called uh, uh, Stand Still, Stay Silent. Stay Silent. I think is what it's called. Okay. And uh, it is a comic that is uh, actually out of Finland, Sweden. So I didn't think Sweden, uh, Finland was in Sweden. No, but there are Finns that live. Uh, there are Swedes that live in Finland. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's a large Swedish community that lives in Finland. Back from when Finland was controlled by uh, Sweden. Okay. And so the author um, is of that ethnicity and wrote a post-apocalyptic uh, story uh, about the. Uh, well, it's, okay. So first thing that happens is the end of the world. Uh, where it's a very good place to start. Yeah. So the, it follows a, like a kind of vignettes about these different people in different uh, Scandinavian countries uh, experiencing the, this outbreak of a disease that's kind of vaguely talked about in the news. And like one person is inconvenienced on a ferry on their way to to an island in Denmark, and like they get really upset at the management. Why can't you let? It's like there's a quarantine in effect. That's why. Um, one person, you know, decides to go off onto like a lake house in Finland to escape from everything that's kind of collapsing around them. And then 98 years later, like you'd never see these characters again, but what you do see are the descendants of these characters, the grandchildren of these characters. And, uh, they are the, basically the known world is Scandinavia. What's happened is all these humans have transformed into what they're calling trolls. And these kind of weird amalgamations of beings that basically, if it's too cold, they kind of freeze. They, they go into hibernation. 
They only really thrive where it's warm, and Scandinavia is a kind of a cold place. So it's usually the winter time is actually kind of the safe time to travel. It's in the summertime that you get the most troll attacks. Hmm. Mm. Uh, but, you know, almost 100 years after the end of the world, the known world of known civilization is Iceland, Norway, Denmark, uh, Sweden, and Finland. And uh, Iceland is actually the one that has the most population and is kind of almost seen as like the head of the the. the the leader of the free world is Iceland, um, and <laughs> as it should be, because you know, no one they they were very aggressive about keeping out refugees. They were very aggressive about keeping out uh, any of the disease at all, and all that. And magic has kind of come back as well, but it's a very kind of Norse mythological magic, uh-huh. where it's about skalds and their bards. And Finland has its own style of magic that is different from the one about in in Norway and, and Iceland. Because those cultures are actually very different. They might be kind of lumped together, Finland and the rest of Scandinavia, but Finnish language is completely different from the rest, the the religion, the culture, all that's there. But those old-time religions like the Norse gods are starting to be worshipped again in Iceland and Norway. Sweden is kind of on the fence, and as is uh, Denmark. Denmark has basically just been isolated to one island. Anyway, the plot of this story is that for the first time in almost 100 years, the... Scandinavian council, uh, this kind of intranation organization, is funding an expedition to the outside world. Uh, They've been trying to retake parts of of Sweden and Finland and places like that from time to time, and and Denmark tried to take back the mainland, or at least the main island of Copenhagen, uh, but failed like 20 years ago before, or five years before. Um, But this is the first time that they've sent an exploratorial mission out Mm. to try to find anything. And part of it is to try to find information about a cure for the troll disease. And anything that they might find is valuable because books are starting to become lost. It's not that their books are becoming lost, but there's just so few of them. And it's so hard to make copies of them. And you're not finding anything new just by researching the old libraries that already exist. So they're trying to find books. And they, they go to mainland or one of the islands of Denmark, of Denmark. And they're on a mission to find books. It's five... Uh, yeah, five, no, three characters. I'm sorry, uh, four characters. Uh, <laughs> two from Finland, uh, one from Sweden, one from Norway, and one from Denmark uh, that are kind of brought into this expedition. And then later, someone from Iceland kind of stows away on a ship and ends up with them too. And it's about their travels through this kind of post-apocalyptic Denmark, trying to find books and avoid conflict if they can. If they can't, then dealing with it. And also dealing with the fact that some of them, if they breathe in some of the spores, then they could get infected too. It's it's a lot of this kind of post-apocalyptic exploration of what happened. And it's a really cool concept. It's a really cool story. Yeah. Um, there are high stakes uh, in this. I won't go into details about that. But it is something that I do highly recommend to people that are interested in that kind of story as well. Cool. So what, once again, what was the title? Uh, Stand Still, Stay Silent, I think is what it's called. All right. uh, usually abbreviated as 4S. It's 4scomic.com. Cool. All right, awesome. So that's the webcomic of the week. Uh, anything else uh, before we, we sign on off? Um, this just came in over the wire. Oh, no. uh, Nintendo Labo just got announced uh, earlier today. Uh, it's a cardboard attachment for your Switch. Is Do you put it on top of your TV? 
not not quite um it's kind of hard to describe here i'll i'll show you it looks like that okay. or that's one of them there's there's going to be a whole bunch of different kits but um it's uh a new line of build it yourself i'm reading here from ign uh, a new line of build-it-yourself experiences that will be compatible with Nintendo Switch and will launch on April 20th in North America, Australia, and New Zealand, and April 27th in Europe. Starting with cardboard kits, players will be able to build creations that can then be connected to Switch and interact with specific software. According to Nintendo, Labo sheets will include modular cardboard sheets specially designed to interact with the Nintendo Switch that can be crafted into creations Nintendo is calling Toy-Con. Play off the Joy-Con, which is what the, you use to play a Switch with now. Mm. For example, you can make a functioning 13-key piano that brings your musical arrangements to life once the Nintendo Switch console and right Joy-Con controllers are inserted, Nintendo explains in the announcement. As you play, the IR motion camera in the right Joy-Con detects which keys are pressed and plays each note through the console's built-in speakers. Budding musicians can also experiment with their own musical creations. Or you can control your very own motorbike by constructing a functioning set of handlebars with a Nintendo Joy-Con inserted in each side and a Nintendo Switch console cradled in the middle, the announcement adds. Simply hit the ignition button, turn the right handle to engage the accelerator, and watch your adventure unfold on the Nintendo Switch screen as you race to new destinations. Uh, Nintendo will offer two kits to start. A variety kit will be available for $69.99 and include the variety kit software as well as materials to build two RC cars, a fishing rod, a house, a motorbike, and a piano that can be built out of cardboard and attached to Switch. A robot kit will be available for $79.99 and offers robot kit software as well as materials to build a robot suit. Huh. Nintendo will also offer a customization kit for $9.99 that includes two stencil sheets, two sticker sheets, and two decorative tape rolls. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that's another weird thing for the switch i i like when nintendo does weird things so we'll, we'll see we'll see how that comes you heard it here first folks yeah like that was we'll, that was like four hours ago that was posted we'll uh link to this on our facebook page too so oh, you yes. can yeah. check oh, it out too yeah so follow us on facebook follow us on twitter and thank you everybody for listening this has been some nerds have a podcast we hope you spend the most time with us my name is alex i'm nick i'm elise yeah. Good night, everybody.